Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. We are on day 10 of our 12 days of Christmas. I can't believe it's almost already over. Ugh, makes me so sad. Today is also the fourth Sunday of Advent. I hope you've enjoyed celebrating Advent in the way you found to do that is best for you. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Phil Wickham. So grateful that he let us listen to his music every day of these 12 days and actually all month long. Make sure you grab a copy of his album, Christmas. Today on the show, as I promised you last weekend with Pastor Alex Seeley, both Sundays in the Advent season that also fall in these 12 days of Christmas, I wanted to have a pastor on. And today is the pastor of the pod, Pastor Kevin Queen, just one of my dearest friends, someone I could not respect more. I just think so highly of him, and I love when he comes on the show. So here to celebrate Christmas, though we barely even talk about it, we talk about everything else, but it's a good one. I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Pastor of the Pod, Pastor of Cross Point Church, Kevin Queen. Listen, here's the problem, not being at, not my office not being at Crosspoint. You don't just pop in to shows anymore. No, I'm the pastor that listens to the pod. That's what it is. <laughs> You're still the pastor of the pod. We just don't get you. We just don't get surprises. We only get scheduled right, interviews scheduled. now. No oh, more popping is, in. Oh, this is beautiful, man. I'm glad to, glad to be in the, in the studio over here. It's well, great. listen, today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. Yeah. So it's the Sunday before Christmas. Both Sundays of Advent, I wanted to have a pastor on. So obviously, we need a pastor of the pod. Um, will you start? You know what's fun was we had a girl at Crosspoint on Sunday who heard your conversation, our conversation, August that you moved here. So August of 17? 17, yeah. Two years. Two years. So t- so for people, if they want to go back and listen to that, we'll link it in the show. But it's August of 2017. They can back up and hear your story of getting to Nashville. How do you feel different sitting here today than you did that day? Wow. You know, I think um, I think there's just an increasing um, awareness that this is where I'm supposed to be. But as over the past two years and seeing God's faithfulness, um, see the way He's shown Himself, like I just know it's where our family's supposed to be. Really? Yeah. So like I was called, Re was called, we were called. We knew that, but but to be able to see the way that God has has allowed our kids to put down roots and make relationships yeah. and just um, see for them to see their own affirmation of, oh, yeah, this is this is part of God's story for us. Mm. This isn't just, you know, we're going to the church. This is like this is a part yeah. of our family story for yeah. generations, you know. So that's yeah. been – that's uh, the roots are deeper yeah. after, uh, after two years. So. That's important. On Wednesday – I think it was Wednesday. One day last week we had Artie – on from the Food Network, and she and her husband are moving their family across the country. They have two kids. Uh, Talk a little. So, so for people who connected to that, and even as I'm thinking about sending this to Artie and making sure she hears this, when you move kids because God's called you to something, uh, you know, when when you break up with someone, you don't say God told me to, even if God told you to, mm-hmm. because you don't want to. It's just not wise. Don't don't put it on him, even if it's his choice. Right. But how do you move a family? God told me to, mm. but but have conversations around the dinner table that help the kids uh, connect with God calling them too, and and God planning their story too, and inviting them in. What kind of conversations does that uh, look that's like? A, that's a great great question. We, I think it started even before we made the decision. We were we were already beginning with qu- with questions to kind of yeah, as crowbars for their little hearts, mm. you know? So even I remember we were sitting down in Orlando in the hot tub at my, my parents ha- have a house, uh, down there where, um, where we can, we can kind of go on vacation yeah. from time to time. And we were there and we're sitting in the hot tub. And I remember asking the question, Hey, would you move to New York or Nashville? Would you move to, <laughs> to, to, to Nashville or Sioux Falls. They got to Sioux Falls in New York. We they love didn't, them. But... They didn't pick up. Yeah, yeah. they didn't. They didn't pick up on. Uh, you know, but I. But I think on they, the theme they of Nashville. On the theme of Nashville. Yeah. But I think we began to we began to talk and just just begin to help them think beyond their their mm. lives where they were. And I don't think we were. I don't think we were trying to manipulate them as much. I think it was us just trying to help them think beyond life as they've known it for the for the rest of their for the yeah. rest of their life. And then when it got to the point where we could actually tell them and have a conversation, um, we you know we 
we did the best that we could to to celebrate what God had done where mm-hmm. we were. Mm-hmm. And so like I remember after we sold our house, we walked around the house and we went in each room and said, share your favorite memory from this room. Oh, wow. Share your favorite. So it was almost like our kind of cheers moment. Thank yeah. you, God. We prayed together at that house. But I think um, saying yes to the next and the new just has, okay, let's, let's with gratitude for what God's done, yeah. because I think that helps him say, okay, God's, we're going to have stories in our new house. Yeah. We're going to have stories in the next place. So that was part of the just trying to be careful with their hearts in that. And then I'll just like confess it. Like it's just, it was just hard. Yeah. Like it was just, hard. it was hard that, that first year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was, I mean, Re was so, so strong because I'm kind of trying to hold things together for the church, trying to hold yeah. things together from, for the family. And, but just seeing her strength and the conversations that, that she had. And, as people of faith, um, the scripture, I think scripture going, that's the thing that's eternal. God, his word in the souls of men and women, like that's the only thing that's eternal. Mm-hmm. And so scripture was so important for us in that um, we would have her, uh, she reads truth, little cards, you know, yeah. and they'd be scattered throughout. And those things, those were the, um, those were the things we held to. They they tell the story that in a in a whiteout in um in the we'll just go back to Sioux Falls. Yeah, let's in a go. whiteout like when there's a blizzard that that farmers would actually take a rope and run it from their house to the barn, mm. so that um when you couldn't see in a blizzard you could hold to the rope right. to get to where you were supposed to be. And when you move and you're in transition like that, it can feel like a whiteout. It is so easy to lose your way in your own backyard, you know. And so the scripture, the truth of God, being the thing that we we hold to in the midst of transition mm-hmm. and to where we are now to where we need to be. Yep. And even for our kids, like scripture was the thing we kept reminding, we kept holding to. And do we have time to share a fun yeah. little story? Yeah. So one of my one of my favorite stories that came through that, one of our scriptures that we held to was in Isaiah where it says, where God says, look, I'm going to give you a double portion yeah. inheritance. And uh, and this is, uh, this is a Camden story. She had prayed um, for a best friend for years. Even when we lived in Atlanta, she never had a best friend. Yeah. She had prayed, God, give me a best friend. Which is know? unbelievable because she is so lovely. She is, I'd have been her best. I want to be her best friend. Right. I, Actually, I wish I'd have known she was praying for that. I'd have jumped in. And she had, she had many friends, but yeah. she didn't have have uh, the best friend. Yeah. And so we we made that Isaiah. We actually put that Re would get these verses, she get them printed and we put scripture up on the walls of our home, not not uh not out of decoration, but really it was desperation. That's like right. like we're holding Same. to these truths. Yeah. And so Camden, you know, she had that prayer. Well, we end up moving um, after the first year. We rented for a year because that's what life felt like. It felt like we're renting for a year. You know, it felt like yeah. we know we're supposed to be in the city. But let's figure out where we want to be. And I would yeah. give that as a word of advice to people: like, if you can, you know, if you can kind of take some time to be able to let um, let the blizzard kind of settle just yes. a little bit to be able to look around okay, and go, where do I where do I want to put down roots? Yes. And so, yeah, it's not going to make the first year easier if by forcing home in the second month. Yes. The first year is going to be the first year, no matter what. And I think that first year, I mean, you you know, you were living, you live close to where we were, and yeah. you'd be able to drop in. I think that was part of God's grace. Like we picked a great place yeah, to rent to be yeah. able to have relationships and be close. But that second year, we were further away. The neighborhood we move into through a mutual friend, um, Camden gets introduced to this other family, and Ree and the girls go to this concert with this family. Yeah. And uh, and these girls have some daughters, and they live in the neighborhood, and they have some daughters. And come to find her daughters, um, their daughters were twins. Mm-hmm. And Camden hit it off with them like that. Aspen and Annalise just hit it off with them immediately. Yeah. Same age. Same age. Same age, different grade, but same age. Yeah. And Camden's like, well, they're amazing. Well, they start hanging out. They yeah. start hanging out every night. And they live in your neighborhood. And they live in the neighborhood. Oh my God. It's crazy. So they live in the neighborhood and they're <laughs> best friends. And one day we were driving in the car and Camden said, uh, I said, man, isn't that great that God gave you them? Like you were praying for a best friend and God yeah. gave you the twins. And she goes, they're my double portion. Right? <laughs> she was like, they're my double portion. That's so and sweet. so she sees that as an answer to the promise of the it thing is, that we yeah. prayed that God is the God who gives a double portion. And we yep. believe that for our family and moving to Nashville, there was going to be a double portion. Yep. He's taking off shame, taking off any disgrace, taking off any, even with the loss that we're saying, okay, God, we're even with things we might grieve. God's saying, I'm, yeah. I'm a God double portion. Yeah. And so, um, but, but, but we weren't able to have that perspective. We weren't able to have that vision apart from Scripture. Yeah, you know. And so yeah. I think that's that is uh, that's super important. And I'd even say if somebody's listening who doesn't believe in God, or somebody who would say maybe not a person of faith, I go just try it. Yeah, yeah. Just read read the Scripture until a verse jumps off the pages, right? Yeah. And just kind of grabs your heart, and you're like, I think that's for me. Yeah. 
print it out, write it out, write it in your journal, like you do, write yep. it in your journal, you know, put it up, put it up on the wall, put it up on the mirror, put yep. it somewhere where you go. I'm going to hold to that. Uh-huh. And God, if you are who you say that you are, yes. and you can do the kind of things that you say, like, hold on to the rope. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I tell you, the scriptures I have hung up in my house, or I have a chalkboard in my kitchen, it's never one that I'm like, right? It's always mm-hmm. one that I'm like, I think that's true. Right. <laughs> like right now, it's that Christmassy verse of, um, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I've double traced Wonderful Counselor and Prince of Peace, mm. where I'm like, I know that's true. But every day, it doesn't necessarily feel true. So every day when I'm making my breakfast or I'm making my tea, I'm reading that again and going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to be a Prince of Peace today in my life. You're going to be a counselor for me today. I I, so so putting up verses in your house aren't to say, look what we've accomplished. No. It's to say, if I don't see this with my eyes, I will get lost in the snowstorm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so I'm the same way. Hold to the rope. Hold on to the rope. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Christmas, yeah. can we talk about it? Let's go. What do you feel about Christmas? Are you one of the people? I, I am a very middle of the road. I like Christmas. I'm not listening to Christmas music in September. But I'm listening to it now. Right. I'm, I'm a very, I'm probably 85. I'm an 85 if I got a Christmas score. I get an 85. What do yeah, you get? I'm a, I'm a 60. Really? Great. Yeah, great. Yeah, great. I Super. I'm married. And I think maybe that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm married into a Christmas tradition. So what, so you married into it. So is Ree like a 90? Oh, she's 98. Okay. 99. Great. Yeah, great. She, she loves it. She, she yeah. absolutely, she loves it. She adores it. And like some of, some of the kids, like they they get that from yeah, her. I mean, yeah, they just, yeah. they want, they crave tradition and they. I mean, crave. your wife is a home run wife in a billion ways, but one of the ways I've watched so up close is she is about tradition. She is. She will make a thing be memorable over and over during the year. It's amazing. It is. And I, and I, I it's, it's helpful for me because it just creates a, an anchor point, you know, yeah. for for me just to go back and go, and I, I've I've learned to love, you know, some of the yeah. some of the traditions so, <laughs> yeah. a lot. So, but I, I think with if I if I didn't if I didn't have if I didn't have re in my life, that just it, it grieves me to think of the of the traditions and the things that I would yeah. that I would miss out on. So I've learned to just to just enjoy um, enjoy those enjoy those moments, those things that you come back and you go, man. Um, because really, I was talking with I was talking with my mom, and I was shout talking, out Joan. Hey, we love it. We it. love Mimi. She just had a birthday, and I'm not going to say how old, she, <laughs> how old she turned. But doesn't matter. I'm she, just glad she's still she's, turning. That's right. She keep is. turning, Mimi. We love you. <laughs> Big wheels keep on turning. That's right. But she, um, you know, she. We were talking. I was like, tell me some of the memories that we had. You know, and yeah. it was just cool to listen. To, to mom. So I think even, you know, I think as she was the keeper of tradition yeah. too. But my mom is a lot more spontaneous. So we would, you know, we'd start new traditions. And, yeah. Um, and so it was just fun to go back through and think about some of those. I'm just thinking about my single guy friends that are listening. And that scripture says, when you find a wife, you find a good thing. Come on, guys. You're missing out on Christmas traditions. You're missing out on anchors. Listen Anchor to Pastor voice. Kevin. Who would yeah. I be? How much would you grieve without Ree? Yeah. Come on, single so, man. Let's do it. it. 2020, don't be alone next year. Uh, what do you think of, uh, as a pastor on a Sunday, especially around Christmas and Advent, mm-hmm. uh, what I'm thinking of is Christmas Eve requires a lot from people who work at churches. Yeah. And if, and a pastor I really respect in D.C., I don't know if you saw this, just announced that he's going to go on sabbatical. Mm. It, super healthy. I'll send you the article. It's yeah. super healthy way to announce it. Very much like, I'm passionate about the gospel. Did you see all this? Mm-mm. He's like, I'm passionate about the gospel. I love God. I need a break. So mm. he's taken off January 1 to Easter. He's like, I want to do what y'all do on Sundays and come to one service, and I want to taste a mimosa on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Y'all tell me there's a thing called brunch. Mm-hmm. I do not know. Yeah. you know. And so tell me about, as a pastor, when you're preparing for Christmas, when you're thinking about Christmas Eve, how do you balance what you need to do for church mm-hmm. and connecting with Advent for yourself? Mm. Well, I think it was super helpful for me um, when, I mean, you, as a as a gift, you you gave us uh, the concert with Andrew Peterson. Oh, Behold the Lamb of God. Yeah. Yes, we all got to go and together. so we were able to go. And Annie, I, I, I just, I'm learning that God blesses a pilgrimage. Mm, God so like, blesses a he pilgrimage. He blesses a pilgrimage that when you go, okay, God, I'm going to seek you and I'm not. I'm going to go out of my normal rhythm, my normal routine, mm-hmm. um, but, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek you. And I'm yeah. going to this because I need something from you mm-hmm. and because you, you're worth everything from me. And yeah. so, God, I'm going to meet you in that place. And and I think when we go expecting something from God, 
in a moment like that. Like I just so I, I if I was a you know sixty five on the Christmas like uh-huh. putting myself in that experience, I went to you know I went to a hundred. I mean at that moment yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. yes, yeah, it, it was. It I was mean it's an unbelievable. Behold the Lamb of God at the Ryman. And so now I'll put that on the, uh, I'll put that on, I'll listen to it, you know. Yeah. Have you listened to it since we went to the show? Yeah. 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 And it's so, and beautiful. Ree's got it going all the time. Do you? <laughs> if I got it going some of the time, Ree's got it going all the Feels time. Feels right. It does. What song is jumping out at you? Is there one that, that you keep going back to? That, um, that Behold, what was the, the Mary song? The uh, Labor of Love. Labor of Love. Oh, gosh. Mm. I know. I know. I know. I, that, I, Deliver Us is the one that always gets me. That's yeah. the one that's, I start crying at Deliver Us and I'm done. I'm I'm on and off for the rest of the show. It I is. can do pretty well until Deliver Us. It is. So I think being, I mean, I I think being. Doing be, things like that for yourself. For myself. Yeah. That, that I, that's, that's not a part of the job. And, and, and most nights what I want is I want to, you know, during the season, if I have a night to be at home, you know, and to just be that, I want to be home and be yeah. there. And Ree's pretty good about those nights when we are at home yeah. during this busy season to to make it matter. But I, I was able to go to Tennessee Prison for Women and uh, and go and um, preach there for a Christmas party they have for the general population yeah. on Friday. For anybody in the prison? For, for the entire. Yeah, everybody okay. was there. Okay. Because normally God Behind Bars is just certain women? People who choose to be there. Got so it's like it. a church okay, service okay, that they okay, choose okay. to go to. And um and Pastor Doug and the team, I mean they the volunteers, uh-huh. they what they do there is incredible. Oh, and I was I, just able to I love uh, what he does. But we had um we had Meredith, one of the worship leaders from the church, just go and do Christmas music. Uh-huh. And she uh she sang that song, um, was it Oh Holy Night, where it talks about that, you know, that uh that when our Savior appeared, the soul knew its worth. Yeah. And it was singing those songs with those women there. Yeah. In that moment, we're going, okay, Jesus is where we find our worth. Like, yeah. it was even in the, if I'm able to pull myself out of like, okay, I've got to lead this thing. Yeah. I've got to lead this yeah. moment. It's even in those moments to be able to step back and to be fully present. Yes. Right? Yes. Be fully present and uh, and to and to receive it. So I think through the pilgrimage, through doing the thing that's not part of the job, but then also in those moments to be able to slow down and go, okay, this thing's going to move forward. Even with that, I don't have to lead the thing right now. I can yes. just... I can experience it and enjoy yeah. it. It's I just would imagine that for pastors particularly, but for any of us, I, you and I have talked about, I, I struggle with this sometimes too, where you feel like you never don't have to lead. Hmm. Where even like I'm thinking about meetings that we have with other people and I go, well, yeah, I, I think Kevin's going to run it. Hmm. <laughs> and right. Kevin wishes he was, and someone else would run the meeting. Yeah. What at Christmas do you not have to be in charge of? Well, so let me tell you, like that's why prayer is my favorite thing. Okay. Because I don't have to run it. Yeah, that's <laughs> Do you know right. what I'm saying? It's the place. Prayer is the one. It's the... Sure. It is, it is my favorite meeting out of the week, a time of prayer with people because we show up. God always shows up. Yep. But the amount of planning and production and things we have to do, right? To cook, yeah. It's just that list is way low. It's pretty yeah. much show yeah. up with expectancy, That's with right. a hunger, right? That's with right. an appetite for God. And it can be two people gathering for prayer. It can be three people gathering for prayer. Yeah. But you, you gather in those moments. God always shows up when yeah. we when we meet him for prayer like yeah. that. And so I love I love that in this season. Um I'll tell you there was a we had a group we have a group of pastors that gets together and and uh we get together and pray once a month and uh sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 30. Yeah. And, and I just I've been thinking about that thing. I had such a busy day and I was like, "You know what? I can't I just can't do it." But then I was like, "God blesses a pilgrimage." Mm. And so I called Ree and I said, "Ree, I said I really I really don't feel like going. Yeah. Um, but I need a gift from Jesus. Mm. Like I just need a gift right now. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't get there and start praying together and God did the thing, like he just really? met, he met with, there was a moment where all the pastors were just on their face, wow. on their face in prayer for the city. And yeah. you just, you could sense God's, God's glory. And it was an unforgettable experience. And I would have missed if I, if I wouldn't have, been in the room. Yeah. You know, so I think, and I had, I had a lot. How do you balance that though? How do you balance when you need to go home and when you need to press through? Mm -hmm. How do you know? Well, I'll tell you this. I looked down, I had a rip in my pants. (laughs) 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 And I was like, I can't go to prayer meeting with a rip in my pants. (laughs) I'm walking in all awkward with my journal and trying to cover up that I got a rip in my pants. it, It seems to me the more I need to be at something and get that truly that the enemy, there is more resistance. Yeah. 
for that for that thing for yeah. that thing. Yeah. And I think there's always going to be a message to write. There's always going to be an article to write. There's always going to be a letter. There's always going to be emails at all. There's always yeah. going to be those things. But you know, it's those times where you can sense God saying you need to be there. Mm-hmm. And resistance begin. It happens on the way to on the way to church for people, right? right. I mean, where it's like the resistance is there because because the the enemy, right? He wants us focused on our problems. He wants us focused on the challenges. He wants us focused on the obstacles. He wants to focus on what's wrong in life rather right. than what's right in the universe, right. where God's glory. Over it all, and right. so, um, so we we go even though we have a rip in our pants. That's right. That's right. You go anyway. Who knew y'all were all going to end up on the floor anyway? That's right. So you made matter. a rip to me either way. That's right. Either way. <laughs> I just think one of the things I balance is a pressure to always be at God things, so mm. I don't miss God. Mm. And I know that theology is bad. I should before I get emails. I know that theology is bad, yeah. but the thing I hear in my head is, well, if you miss that service on that day at that thing, or if you skip this prayer thing, you're going to miss God, Hmm. and you're going to be the one who misses out, which is true. Hmm. But also, sometimes you just think, I can't, I've got to go to bed. Hmm. I can't. And so learning yourself and learning which one of, learning when to listen, when's it the resistance, and when is God going, I'll meet you in your house. Let's go. You're fine. Right. And yeah, sometimes it's just a pilgrimage to a closet, Mm, right? Sometimes it's just a pilgrimage to the back porch. Yeah. Sometimes it's going out of our way to to meet with God. Yeah. Can we keep talking about this? Yeah. This is cool. So um, I had been dealing with um, with pressure. Use that word pressure. Yeah. And I was using that word to describe. I, I don't think I would have called it anxiety, but I think I think that's a lot of what it was. Just the the pressure of the job, mm-hmm. the pressure of responsibility, the pressure of the world's demands. The world demands the pressure of what uh, what other people expect. And so dealing with that pressure, um, over time, I think it started showing up in my back, uh-huh. like where I, I would say, well, I store stress in my shoulders. Yeah. And, uh, and I think over time, I began to normalize that. Mm. I just told myself, well, that's part of, that's part of the job. Yeah. Your body hurts. The okay. body hurts. That's just what, you, that's what happens when you're a lead pastor. You just have wow. to figure out how to manage it. Uh-huh. You have it. That's the pressure. So you carry the pressure. And um, and it got to a point where I mean even I would try to, when I would sometimes I would try to read the scripture and just problems and challenges and obstacles and things that were in my mind that really were worries I, yeah. I would just call it, I would call it that I was working on problems that I was working right. but really it was to the point of obsession obsessing about things that I couldn't fix right there right and uh, I was reading about where Paul was walking along and there was a servant girl you remember that story in the book of Acts uh-huh. where there's a servant girl who's like. She's just, she's causing all kinds of problems for uh-huh. him. She's just, and it, use the word tormenting. Yeah. And she's tormenting him. And she's just, she's talking, here's Paul. And basically making it where it's hard for him to do ministry because uh-huh. it's, and Paul turns around and he tells her to shut up. <laughs> of <laughs> I mean, course and, he does. And, right. Paul turns around, <laughs> but he actually, you know, he cast out. Yeah. This, set her free. Set her free. Yeah. And, and it, things changed. Yeah. And I was like, what if Paul would have normalized that for the rest of his ministry? And gone like, this is how it is. And this is just how it is. Wow. You just have people who are going... Like there came a point where he's going, no, I'm not going to normalize this anymore. This yes. is not of God. Yes. And and so I decided, I was like, you know, I, I, I want relief from this. Yeah. And there was this church up in uh, North Georgia that's experiencing a move of God. And I heard about that and uh, and that they they've been having services ninety four weeks in a row. Oh my gosh! Um, and just the church services from the community coming together one night a week, one night a week on Sunday nights. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was like, I'm going to go there and see what that's about. Yeah. Because I don't know if I have another ch- opportunity. So I went there, met the pastor of that church, and I asked him. I said, Would you pray for me? And here's the thing: I think a lot of times in ministry, I think it can be hard to ask somebody, hey, yeah. Would you pray? Would you pray for me? Yeah. It's like I'm not going to miss this moment. Yeah. So we get to the back room, and I, I know the reason that I sometimes struggle of asking somebody to pray for me is because I got emotional when I was telling him. Yeah. And I, uh, I said, man, I said, I've just, um, I just got this this pressure that I feel. And uh, did he know and, who you were? Um, we had somebody introduce us. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, and then uh, I was just telling him the story, and and he looked at me and he he said, Kevin, he said, it's it's not your job. To carry the pressure. Wow. He said, it's your job to carry the glory. Oh, my gosh. He said, and you don't know how to carry pressure, but you know how to carry the glory. 
said, you put your face on the carpet. That's where you get the glory. That's where you carry the glory. And I was like, and it was like in that moment, that truth just broke off, whatever mm-hmm. it was. I woke up the next day and that, that pain that had been in my back for a month and a half, yeah. it's gone. So I don't know if it was the truth right, or if it was something that God did, a healing that God did, yeah. but I know something changed that day. Yeah. And um, and now my job is to carry the glory. When I talk about the glory, it's just it's the presence of God, and anybody and everybody can carry the glory. Yeah. But we have to exchange. We have to exchange the pressure from the glory. And I think sometimes the Christmas season is so weighted down. Mm. With the pressure, it's the same pressure in ministry, the pressure of expectation of others or what other people demand. I mean, it's the Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the pressure that we say, no, we're going we're gonna to exchange the pressure. It's not our job to carry the pressure. It's our job to carry the glory. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, uh, I'm wow. learning. This is, this is really recent. And yeah, I, so what do you, how do you, can you feel the difference when mm-hmm. you're going back to pressure mm-hmm. and you go, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that? Mm-mm. No, I, yeah, I think I, I feel it. Um, I feel it in my in my body, but also when I begin to feel pressure, I identify where that's where's that pressure coming from. Mm. And you say, "What who's, is this? Who's putting who's putting yeah. that pressure on me?" And I think where the Bible says, like, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh-huh. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of perspective. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of seeing things rightly. Because when we when we say fear of the Lord, we're talking about where where I want to please Him, where I revere Him, where where His opinion of me matters more than any of the opinion of man. And that breaks right. off that that man pleasing, yeah. person pleasing, like that breaks off that desire. I've got to keep everybody happy. I know what where I'm at with the Lord, right? Yeah. It's just his approval and his blessing. Mm-hmm. And just walking in that. Yeah, there's not my job to carry the pressure. It's my job to carry the glory. Mm-hmm. So and, in the mornings when you're praying, are you saying that? Oh yeah. 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 That's the that's part of the reminder. And then when something begins you to feel that pressure just going back. No, it's uh, it's the glory, and and it's God's glory. You you can sense God's glory. You can yeah. sense the presence of God on people. You can sense when people walk with God when they mm-hmm. when they know Him. I mean, there's just something happens when you walk in a room, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, people you experience that around people, and and I, I go, man, that's what that's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want that joy. I want that peace. I want His presence. And uh, that's what I want to be known for. Yeah. I want to be known for, man, that guy could really carry pressure. He could really he was, he <laughs> yeah. Could carry a lot. Yeah, he talks about how much pressure he's that's under. Right. He just All handles time. it. And you're like, right. no, nah, I don't want yeah. to be known for that. And so that's what, and that was one thing I, just, I loved about um, your conversation with Jeff Henderson. It'd be like, the best. The best. Yeah. The best. How sweet that he called you his pastor. <laughs> I mean, it's true and it's awesome, but I just thought that's so I nice love, to talk about you that way. I love Sorry, I should yeah. probably give you a heads up before a show comes out where you're gonna hear your own name. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. <laughs> well, I you know, and I feel I feel the same way with Jeff. I mean, just the time that we've spent together in our conversation. But when he, Jeff was talking about, you know what, you what do you want to be known for? Yeah. Yeah. Did you what, think about I thought about so much about what should we be doing for our local businesses here? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, how do we, how do we as Crosspoint and the other churches that are listening, like, yeah. and we're going to talk about some of that in a minute, but how do we like honor these local businesses that are working so hard? How can I do it as an Annie F. Downs? Like, right. what can I be doing for Nashville on a weekly basis? I, don't, I ain't got to be a church. I can mm-hmm. just be an Annie. That's right. Talking about my favorite places I go to. Yes. You know? So I just thought, man, I thought That's that was good. really good. good. What do you want to be known for? I've gotten okay with being the prayer guy. Yeah. Because I know the the difference that it's made in my life. And um man, I would feel like a like a fish outside of the, a bowl of water if if it wasn't for prayer. That for me prayer is it's the it's the presence of God. It's it's life. Mm-hmm. It's the life blood of the believer. And I just know there are people who've never experienced that, that joy. Mm-hmm. They've never experienced that peace. They've, they've never known what it's like to, to hear God's voice. And I think it starts with, I think I hear God's voice, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that for me, I've had to be, okay, I'm, I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah. Being that. So I think that would be, if it just said on my tombstone, he prayed, mm. you know? Yeah. We, you and I were talking the other day and we said, I think you said, we didn't say, We'll never know how different things would have been if we wouldn't have prayed. Hmm. And I thought, my gosh, that that's enough to make you pray, yeah. to go like, we can't know 
how much better or worse things would have been in our eyes if we wouldn't have prayed, but we know things have been different. Mm-hmm. We know it would have been different. Yeah. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation with Pastor Kevin. I don't know if you know this, if you've been around for a while, but he actually wrote the foreword for my most recent book called Remember God. I finished writing it. And what I really wanted more than anything else when I was looking for the person to write the foreword is I wanted someone who could pastor us for just a minute before the book even began. And Pastor Kevin was the right dude for that. So if you've never read Remember God, I hope you will grab a copy of that and take a deep breath. Let's jump back in. Here is the rest of our conversation with Pastor Kevin. I haven't told you any of this yet, so let's just tell it publicly. I want to be more strategic next year to pray and... Rec- I mean, I'm a, gr- I'm a great journaler. You know I over-journal, but I want to be better about treating prayer like war room style, mm. where I go like, okay, here are the two ways the story could go. I don't, I'm gonna pr- I don't know what God has, but it looks like this could either be a yes or a no. Right. And so I'm going to pray down both paths and see which garden grows. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to like hang it up in the room where I pray in my house and like post it and keep up with it. Yeah. Do you do anything like that? I mean, because you use you use Evernote so you can search your journals better mm-hmm. than I can because I handwrite everything. Right. I just have this push in me to like, let's get real visual yeah. about praying for stuff. Yeah. That's one thing I admire about you, Annie, is you get those nudges and those prompts and then you do them. And so you have all these experiments in your with, I do have with a lot God, of experiments. With God, right? We're, I, I mean, just like even when, okay, Annie, I want you to open your calendar, and I don't want you to book yeah. anything. And that does not make sense. But looking back, you can see, oh, God, you protected me. Yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. saved me. You knew what was going to be required of me in that season. Yeah. The book, and you just... And so you just see the kindness of God is saying, I just want to give you a big, empty field, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as a shepherd to go, I'm going to give you a big, empty field, mm-hmm. place where you can rest, yep. place you can care for. And so I think like your your willingness to, to follow God and even do like absurd things, <laughs> right? right? Where, yeah. you go, where you go, okay, where we are sons and daughters of absurdity, right? To yeah. this world where it looks like, okay, you're doing what? That just doesn't... But yeah. I think that's part of the faith and part of the part of the journey that he has us on. So I love the idea of you putting it up on on the wall. And um, I like the idea of you doing the experiments and then and then letting us know, like, yeah. this is, this is okay, what Okay, I have a really stupid one I haven't told you yet. <laughs> You're really going to like it. I can't go into all the details, but I had to, I mailed a letter at the post office on Thursday. And as I'm leaving the post office, I'm not kidding you, this is the funniest rabbit trail I've been on with the Lord in a really long time. I'm leaving the post office and the Lord's kind of going, yes, that was the right thing to do. You, That was the right card to mail, good on you. Yeah. Um, and I could not stop thinking about Frozen 2. And I was like, okay, I've got, got I've got, an, I've got 90 minutes. I have Regal Unlimited. We're at like a <laughs> subscription pass to my movie theater. I'll right. go by myself. I'll get a Coke Icy. So I was like, all right, Lord. So I go to the movie by myself last yeah. Thursday. I don't remember. I listened to Emily P. Freeman's recap of the movie on her podcast, and I was like, that happened? That happened? I have Blacked no out. idea what the movie is about, <laughs> except the one scene uh, that the Lord was like, I mean, I could, I'm not going to cry telling you about it, because, but I mean, I just went like, oh, mm. that's why A, B, and C happened. That's why I had to go mail that letter, is because of this, this scene is telling me about my life. Yeah. And then I got home and started journaling. And I started, I was like, I got to write all this down because I just spent an hour and a half for the Lord. I don't know what that movie's about. I know one scene. I mean, isn't that hysterical? Emily's like, when this happened and this happened, I was like, really? I don't even remember that song. I don't remember. I mean, Kevin, it was the wildest goose chase I've been on in a long time. And I get home and I, and I, and I keep thinking about that scene. And then I'm like, wait a minute. When I was in college, I wrote that word in my Bible somewhere. Mm. Okay, hold on. Where is it? Okay, let me just start flipping till I see my handwriting. And I was like, oh, there it is. Mm. And then I read the paragraph that I wrote in the side of my Bible, and it's fine. But then I look down, and there's a scripture underlined that I've never read. I've underlined it. I mean, it wasn't yeah. divinely underlined. I just right. don't remember it. And then I look it up in the message version, and in the message version is the sentence the Lord's been trying to say to me all day. And I was like, done. I, we're done for. I'm done. I, I can't. This is the most fun wild goose chase. I, I, I mean, and does that mean I 
if I would have missed seeing Frozen 2, the Lord wouldn't have spoken to me? No. Does it mean that I'm perfect and I did it exactly right on Thursday? No. But that's fun. That is fun. That's fun. That he gave me exactly on Thursday what I need, what I what will carry me for weeks, if not months, if not always. This sentence that I will say about how he feels about me. Hmm. But it started at the post office when I thought, I want to go see Frozen Two right now. So good. At five o'clock on a Thursday. <laughs> What is happening? I have dinner at seven. All right. I can fit it, you know? I mean, it is like those wild goose chases are the most fun to me. Yeah. They don't happen they don't happen twice a year, but but when they, they do. change my life when they do. Where you just see you just see the father mm-hmm. the father's heart. So my next one that I can't stop yeah. thinking about is I'm supposed to draw a chart of this decision I'm trying to make. And I'm supposed to have a yes side and a no side. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to list out what is it going to look like if what's God going to have to do for this to be yes? What's God going to have to do for this to be no? And then just pray both of them and see which one blooms. Right. So, so it's two super, gardens. super strategic. We're just, and so where you can chart out. Yeah. Are we allowed to do that with prayer? Are we allowed to chart it? <laughs> Is that all right? Well, I've you, never done it before. I mean, you said war room, and I, I think about when I was in London. Rhea and I went to the uh, to Churchill's war room, and we yeah. went down underneath where they, where they, you know, where they lived while they were fighting the war. And uh, and I'm just like, man, if they did that in the natural, you know, I'm like, why not? Why not? Yeah. yeah, it just seems like again, it's a wild goose chase. But that's what you know. That's what the Welsh people call the Holy Spirit as a wild goose. Yeah, that's good. And, and sorry, the, not the Welsh. The um, in Scotland, people are yelling it at their phones right now. Um, Gaelic. The Gaelic people say yeah. when they talk about the Holy Spirit, they call they use the word for a wild goose. I like that. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had it? Have you chased down anything lately? You don't have to give details, but I guess you're back getting healed. That's yeah, a chase that, down. That, Feels like yeah. So God will bless a pilgrimage, whether it's to Regal or <laughs> whether it's North, to Green Hill sixteen. North, that's right. <laughs> I mean, because I do think that's the that's the trick. Is you thought we have to be okay that it's an idea we think about might be God whispering. Yeah. And so you thought I should go to that service. Yeah. And then you just kind of kept walking toward that, and you might have had nothing happen. How many times have we had nothing happen right. when we followed that little nudge? Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten. Or nothing that we knew happened. That's right. Because you Say know, it that. says without faith it's impossible to please God, and God rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Mm. So the reward may come later. Yeah. But God's just going, okay, can I trust you with that? Yeah. I, I, you know, I think we. I mean, we talk a lot about God. God, I trust you, and I trust you, and I want to trust you more. But I think a lot of those little rabbit trails is like God just saying, I can trust you. Um, you know, I can trust you to do something ridiculous that maybe like I can just I can trust you. So you know, maybe some of those moments are just pop quizzes, you mm-hmm. know, or maybe some of those moments are God saying, "Okay, I'm going to reward that down the down the road." So uh, so let's don't grow, grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in following God mm-hmm. in those ways because we'll reap a harvest. We'll get the reward in due time. Just if we if we don't give up. Yeah. You know, so. I'm sorry to make you do this. Do you know that address of that scripture? No. I don't know what I've my head. We'll put it in the, <laughs> you can go, here's the, how were Christians Christians before Google? Right. Because I'm like, I don't know how people followed the, they just knew the Bible better than I do. Yeah, but I, I hear that and I go, and like, if that, if I'm listening to a podcast and someone says that scripture and I go, okay, if we don't give up, I need to Google Bible verse, if we don't give up and it'll tell it to me. And then I open my Bible and I go to the New Testament. That's I'm, all I can remember. I'm the it's worst with with addresses. Uh huh. I just I just am. I mean, yeah. it's my, they don't stick numbers, and it just doesn't stick in my yeah. in my head. I mean, I, I have to ask Ray, what's your what's your phone number? What's your somebody? <laughs> like I just because and she helps me because she's she was a math teacher. She's great with numbers, like, uh-huh. but I just I, I struggle with with remembering. Uh, yeah. With remember numbers and so you know but you I, got tons of scripture in but your it's head. just yeah it's just in there I just don't know yeah. don't know where to find but but it's like man when they wrote they were letters they didn't have verses and chapters and that's stuff right. with that's they, right. they you memorized the original Pauline <laughs> the original, version yeah, that's right. without the original any... manuscript <laughs> that's <laughs> right that's right Greek. that's right I think it's a good reminder for people a go go after some of the ideas that float into your brain because yep. maybe God's trying to tell you something mm-hmm. and or he and he is trying to do and the best here's a great thing about him too if it's not him but you're chasing after something you think is him he'll show up right he'll go oh that's cute let's yeah. go Annie you're yes. right you want you want me to show up for you think I'm trying to tell you something in frozen too I'll find out something to tell you in frozen too right right that's good it yeah. could have been either way it, it could have been me inviting him or him inviting me yeah. I don't know but we both showed up right that's I what mean, I it's know. just the father's heart he just wants to be with you yeah I mean that's his uh, I think about uh Durham um 
this this uh, this more your he son. Was my son Durham. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's twelve. He, we call each other our best each other's best friends. <laughs> oh, that's why I can't be Camden's best friend because I already got Durham. Yeah, you that's don't right. mess that I thing can't, up. I can't mess with that. So Durham woke up and he was wanting to go work out, and he was like, "Dad, it's hard to go work out." And I was going to go work out at the gym, and I was like, "Well, I'll work out with you." And we were in the garage. We're, we're in the garage, yeah. yeah. And so we were doing a workout in the in the garage, and he's twelve. And I, I came up with a workout, and he uh-huh. he pulled a uh, he pulled a hamstring doing uh, doing whatever workout. <laughs> Evidently, I, did, I didn't warm him up well or whatever. You know, Pulled a hammy. God love and, him. And then uh, I was like, man, do you want to quit? And he was like, he was like, no. And so we we kept doing it. And I was like, well, let's go. Let's go run. And so we went and ran together. It was a cold morning. And, and as we're running back, like all these thoughts of who he is came to mind. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to pour them on him. Yeah. I'm like, buddy, you don't quit. Like, that's just not who you are. Like you are. And all these, you know, these encouraging these thoughts that, that weren't a moment, but I think that God had that set up as a, as a moment of blessing mm-hmm. for Durham. And I think if he would have quit, he would have missed. I may have found another way to get that That's to right. get that to him. That's right. And so I think all I think all those moments are are interwoven. But when I think about the father's heart, now mm-hmm. I try to be a good dad. You know, mm-hmm. we've got a perfect father. Yeah. And he's going to look for those moments that even when we get it wrong, even when we pull a hammy, you know, even when we yeah. want to give up, like God's going to find those moments just to to speak if we're if we're drawing close, and if we're open to open to listen. Yeah. He's going to find the moments to speak. Yeah. He's a perfect daddy. Yeah, that's right. I have so much more fun in my faith when I say yes to the weirdo ideas that come to my head. Mm-hmm. I just think, okay, let's try. Yeah, let's. Go. I've got the time. I've got the subscription. Yeah, <laughs> let's go see Frozen Two and just see. Right. Like maybe. And so that's how I feel about this. These two prayers I want to chart out. I'm like, I just want to see yeah. if that's going to matter. I love that. But there's also been times for both of us, probably eight times more me than you, where I've felt that push and I haven't done it. And I, I, there's two of them in my head that I'm like, I know the Lord's invited me to do that multiple times, and I sh- haven't made time. I haven't used my time like that, and that's okay. It's okay. We still can. I still right. got today. Right. The clock's still turning like Joan <laughs> Queen. I'm still turning. Um, hey, can we talk a little bit about Awaken? Yeah. Because it's coming up in February. Yeah. We'd love to have you back on when that's happening, too. But one of the fun things that happened last year when we talked about Awaken Nashville with Dave Clayton, that episode is in the spring of last year, if people want to go back and listen. Um, is a lot of other cities thought it was a fun idea. Yep. So will you talk about what we're doing for Awaken Nashville in 2020? Yeah, so Awaken Nashville, for those who haven't heard, it is a, uh, it's a month-long, a 30-day-long um, prayer and fasting season. People are invited to fast, to, to pray for friends and neighbors, to pray for the city. But really what we're asking God for is that he would bring revival to a, to a city, to mm-hmm. be a revival to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And we say revival, we're just talk, we're talking about the life of God mm-hmm. on the city, that, that our city would, would turn to God and that yeah. God's glory, that people would experience and encounter encounter God. And God revives, he revives a, a city by reviving um, churches, and he revives churches by reviving families, and he revives families by reviving people. Mm. And so it starts with people, and so we pray for people. And last year we prayed for people, we prayed for the city by name uh, for people that we didn't know. So everybody got 15 names across the city, and we prayed for well, this year we're going to pray for the uh, we're going to pray for the city, but we're going to pray for the city by praying for people that we do know. Okay. And so everyone's going to receive um, a packet. So people who have Same signed up at year. their churches, yep, they'll get a packet, and on that packet will be a, a, a place for them to to chart out um, the people around them mm. in in their neighborhood. You know, they they say that only like thirty five percent of people know their neighbors' names. I don't. And so yeah, I, I don't know all mine. I have a, I'm in a con. I'm in a I, complex, so there's a lot and, of them. But and I don't. I don't, I don't know. We've lived there for a year, and yeah. I don't know all mine. Yeah. And so there are actually resources and websites and tools we have to, to be. Get, let's start by getting our neighbors' yeah. names. Yeah. And so then getting our neighbors' names and actually praying for the month for yeah. our, for our neighbors, for people at the gym with us, for people at school, for coworkers. Mm-hmm. We actually fill out on a sheet and pray for people by name, and then there will yeah. be a devotional to go through that just put some kind of strategic guides you, guides you yeah. and some things you can do kind of next steps as you as you uh, as you pray for them to to experience God yeah. in their lives too. So it's going to be a uh, it's going to be exciting. We've had a lot of churches already jump in. I think yeah. four, over 400 churches that have partnered and uh, already yeah and for next for this for, year for, for 2020 for, yeah for February 2020. <gasps> Let's so. go. And uh, and then there are churches that are across the state so we're seeing uh, across the state already already wanting to be a part of as well yeah. so going beyond Nashville yeah. and um 
And so, yeah, we're just thrilled. And, and pastors getting together, already praying. We're going to have a, a kickoff event at the Ryman that will yeah. be um, at the beginning on the 26th of January, and then we'll have... Um, then we'll have we'll have the gathering at the end for the pastors and church leaders to come together and share stories of what happened over those thirty days. So. How do you feel different about the Ryman after Behold the Lamb of God? Mm. Like you've been the, your only other time being on the Ryman was on the stage last year for Awaken, which is not natural. Yeah. That is not how that goes here. <laughs> I've been to I've been here eleven and a half years and I've been on the stage a time at the end of a show when a friend let me stand on the stage. Yeah. But so your only experience is sitting in the audience for Behold the Lamb of God and last year on stage. How does Behold the Lamb of God changed February to you. Andrew Peterson sang a song at Behold the Lamb of God where he sang about that everybody in this city has a song. Mm. And he was talking yeah. about everybody. And, and in that in that song, I'm just thinking about those pews and the, what the what the wood of that building has soaked up. Yeah. You know, and you think about that was a house that was built for a move of God in the city. The mm. Union Gospel tabernacle, you know, is what it was yeah. called. And so it was built for what God would do in this city. And then you just think about how many songs have come out of this city and how many songs have been sung, and then how many songs have been sung in there, in that building. And then you think about that place being being a place where that wood will once again soak up the songs of the saints, right? Yeah. Singing the songs that will be eternal yeah. in the the city that we're going to, you yeah. know? And, uh, yeah. and so so that, that was one of those moments like, man, I'm just... I'm super grateful for how, in many ways, we get to take that space for what it was built for. That's right. Just once again, um, remind God, it. God, remind it. Remind the wood. Yeah, <laughs> right? we're about to, to remind those pews why they were built. <laughs> yeah. um, that song, I may be quoting this lyric a little bit wrong, but it says, um, "And the many hopes and the many fears were meant to bring you here all along." Right. That, is, that song. I know. The, yeah, we'll link to it. It's it's something. One thing I'd love for you to talk about is we prayed last year for 30 days. We fasted. Hundreds of churches involved. Mm-hmm. Nashville's not in revival like we would have pictured. Did our prayers matter? Well, like, yes. I think I think Nashville is in revival, just not just not like we pictured. Okay. So what prayer yeah, does— Yeah, tell me what we yeah. saw happen. Okay, I'll tell you something I saw today. Uh-huh. I got a link to an article from the news, from the Nashville News, a link to the article, and it said, Uber driver delivers gift to young man who just lost his grandmother. Mm-hmm. Start reading the article and find out that it's a guy in the church. <laughs> the Uber driver? The Uber driver. Is that a guy, uh, one of and our guys? And the gift that he gave was the message version of the Gospel of John that we give at the front. Come on. The one that's sitting up by the, on the stage. Yes. Come on. And this guy is a guy who comes to prayer every single Tuesday. And he's the this is the guy who who prayed that um well he ended up coming to Christ in his in his late sixties. Uh-huh. And his or in his sixties, and his parents had been praying for him that he would come to Christ. Oh yes. That I know who guy. you're talking about. We have the video of him. If yeah. His name's oh, his gosh. name's James. Yeah. Jim. That guy. He's the Uber driver. And he gives that to this guy. And this guy posts it online and it goes viral. Yeah. The story. You're right. And it's the Gospel of John with his handwriting praying for you and your new life in Christ. This guy had had suffered great lo- several different losses. He was at yeah. a concert downtown, just got news that his grandmother died, went for a walk, decided I can't even walk home, got an Uber. He was so distraught. Got an Uber, has this encounter with I'm like, that's revival. You're right. You know, I'm that's like, revival. it's happening in Ubers. That's right. right? That's and right. So, so I think Lord. And it's give not us, that he's a cross point guy. It's that he's a God. He's guy. A, yes. <laughs> we just happened. The Lord just put that story in front of you, so you would recognize it that clearly. Absolutely. Yeah. And there was a guy who's this. This guy's name may have been on somebody's yeah. list that they were praying for. That's right. We have no idea how That's God right. is connecting the dots of of the prayers that were their prayers that were prayed. So yeah. you know, I think it's partly. Um, I mean, just like even I think about. Um, I think. Um, about the lady who heard this podcast and and ended up coming to coming to Christ, yeah, you know, and drove down from Indianapolis to to be baptized to go public yeah. with her faith that she's thirty years old and she says, "Time for me to go public." Just like God is, God is yeah. doing it. So I think mm-hmm. I think continue to affirm that yes, it happens one person at a time, and when it happens, hold it up and celebrate it, yeah. and um, yeah. And just ask more. Yeah. So that's what we're going to ask for this February is just more. Ask for more. And I I can't wait for, because we don't know the stories. Right. 
Like we just don't know the stories because they were names that we didn't know yeah. and faces that we may see every day. We just we just don't know. Yeah. But now the faces that we see every day, we will yeah. know. And if yeah. if we don't know their names, we'll know their names, yeah, right? that's right. That's right. And that those names that we write on those pieces of paper, that God willing, uh, those names will be written in a book yeah. in another city, yeah. you know? written in his book, right? I mean, that yeah. that's the, then we would get to see their lives transformed, their marriages changed, their families, their kids. We get to see what God does in the in the neighborhood. So what's the website if people are in other cities and want to... They can go to Awaken Nashville. Okay, yeah, awakennashville.com. Awaken mm-hmm. yeah. And the resources are there if they want to do it in their own city? The resources are there. There's a there's a way that they can get in touch and, and let okay. us know that they want to they be yeah. a part. Yeah, I like it. Dave it's, dropping his own email address in yeah, the last podcast. Right. I'm like, you're welcome to do that, brother. That is... That is up to you. Yeah, well, yeah, and and, and there's there will be digital packets because yeah. it won't be a list of names that we have to generate. There that's will be right. digital packets where people can participate through. Oh, the, that's awesome! Yeah, download the PDF. What are you excited about for that month? It's going to hurt because we're fasting. Yeah, I, um, I was talking with somebody this morning, and uh, they were asking, "Do you dream?" And I'm like, "At night or in at your life?" Night. Okay. I'm like, man, I don't. Yeah. I don't dream that much. I really don't. I know there are people who do, but uh-huh. I don't. I don't have that. But, but when I fast, I dream at night. Wow! Like maybe about cheeseburgers. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's about making it through another day without normal amounts a, of food. It was a fries. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I, um, when I when I fast, I dream in like at night, and then I also dream more during the day. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? There's just an attentiveness, just like kind of how we talked to the to the to the absurd and the rabbit trails and the yeah. leadings of God. Um, there is a there is a desperation for God uh-huh. in that season that makes me so. It's like you you turn down all the other noise, uh-huh. right? And I have I I tend to I tend to eat my emotions, right? I mean, you know, yeah. if I'm yeah, and and what happens? If we're having when, a great time, we want to celebrate it. Let's go eat. Let's if go. I'm stressed, yeah. I want to you know yeah, eat. and so when I when I uh, when I turn down that and just say, okay, that's not an option, mm. and then I, it, it just causes me to turn my attention to Him, God. What do you want to say? What do you want to do? And I love. I I I I do not like fasting. I love it. I, I feel the same. Right. I, there is yeah. not a discipline I enjoy more, even though it's horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so hard. I a couple of years ago when I was fasting, I was texting you on certain days and be like. Kevin, am I going to make it? <laughs> Kevin, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever done. Yeah. But it is historically in my life, tithing, fasting, Sabbath, yeah. change everything. Yes. In, in, in little ways and then suddenly mm-hmm. in big ways. That's good. Tithing, fasting, and Sabbath are three disciplines that you can't, um, you will never regret. Mm-hmm. You'll never regret missing a couple of meals to connect with the Lord. No. And so... Um, yeah, I love it too. If people want to learn more about fasting, because it can be so complicated, yeah. it can feel so complicated. It actually isn't. So, besides reading the Bible, where else would you send them? Hmm. That's a great question. What do you tell people? John Mark, well, classic. Everybody's yeah. like, yeah, I know Annie. John Mark Comer has a sermon he did winter, January of 18. I only remember because of what it led me to yeah. uh, fasting season of my own. Uh, January of 18 about fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't have a book. Yeah, I mean, from- Celebration of Discipline. Yeah, I, I don't know. For me, it's pretty simple. Like, don't eat food. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's I mean like, actually, it's I'm saying, you're like, here's the I resource. Want it to be easier. <laughs> I want them. Well, what can I eat? I remember the first time I did like an extended fast, forty day fast. I was, uh, I found Bill Bright's Guide to Fasting, uh-huh. and I would not send people there because it was like. It was, um, I mean, Bill Bright's wonderful, sure. God bless, but I, I went there and I, I, and it was probably because it was my first fast. Uh-huh. I just want to apologize to the whole Bright family, you know, but, <laughs> but, but he gave us and this Sioux great Falls. legacy. And Sioux Falls, <laughs> that's right. I love you, Sioux Falls. I, uh, <laughs> I, in that it said to make your own um, broth and to, and I got so caught up in the legalism of it. Mm, I got yeah. so caught in what make, and he was just trying to be helpful, that's but right. I got so caught up in, in what I could have and what I couldn't have that it. That it really so now I pretty much like my general rule of thumb is just juice, yeah, like, you know, and just uh, and uh, and if not, I don't do smoothies because I, if I did smoothies, I would I would try to figure out how to put a put a shake in the blender, you know, that's I would right, put a put right. a put a steak in the blender. <laughs> like, if I can get through a straw, does it count? Like, that's right. That's, that's like, right. But uh, but just but just with juice and yeah. uh, and, and more than 
more than trying to get in it. And so I can't do Daniel fast because personally, because I get so caught up in what I can't. And I'm thinking about food more doing that fast. Yeah, that's right. I just said like a day, two days, three days. It's just, it's it's a powerful, powerful discipline in life. And you absolutely can survive 30 days without food, 40 days without food. Jesus did it, but also talk to your doctor. If, unless, yeah, there's a medical yeah. condition, something like that. Yeah. Absolutely. I've only yeah. I've only done one extended fast, and I called my doctor, and I called you, mm-hmm. and I called my parents, mm-hmm. and just said, hey, I think this is what the Lord's inviting me to. Yeah. Is everybody agree? Right. Because I wanted some I wanted some boundaries to, to the invitation. I wanted some natural boundaries to a supernatural invitation That's to good. make sure that we that I wasn't doing something that was unhealthy for us. That's good. And so um so I would encourage people that if they ever want to fast, if they want to fast with us in February when we awaken when we awaken Nashville, when God awakens Nashville, totally join us. Also if you have History with food that's complicated. Talk, tell some people. But on Christmas we feast. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Everybody's like Annie. We know it's Sunday, that's but right. can we just talk about Christmas? Uh, uh, Pastor Kevin, tell us a great Christmas memory. Great Christmas memory. Um, hmm. I think one for me would be. Um, I mean, a fun one was we had a twenty-pound cat named Snoozer. <laughs> And the queen growing up, the queen growing up household, and there was a year. It may have been I got a ferret, Mm -mm. Um, yeah, and it it may have been the year I got a ferret. But Snoozer did not like it, and Snoozer climbed the Christmas tree Uh and took the Christmas tree down, like, and we couldn't figure out how the Christmas tree. But then we realized we have a twenty pound cat. I mean, the cat (laughs) just dragged when it when it walked. So uh, so that was when Snoozer wrecked. Wrecked Christmas. That was, uh, that was pretty pretty <laughs> brutal. Um, and then I just twenty pounds. I, I remember. Um, man, I remember my my grandparents. You know, both of them have gone to be with the be with the Lord. Both sets. But I remember my mom's parents. Uh, she was a sing. She was an only child. And my grandparents. We would go over to their house, and uh, and I remember they would just they would just just dode. On a, they would just love yeah. us because we were the we were all one. only him. the three so, of y'all. So we got two two Christmas. We go over to their house yeah. and it was like their greatest joy to watch us um, open the gifts and give us do the best they could with Christmas. But it was like their main goal was to get us to take a nap. <laughs> I don't know why. Like they felt like they if they <laughs> filled us with food and if they if they could get us to a couch and everybody. Uh-huh. I think for them it was like okay. We've we've had Christmas like yeah. we've done our job. If they're asleep, if they can get all of us asleep, right? right. If it was so much fun, they can't so stay much awake. fun. They wore you know they wore out and we're so full, and it, which it was kind of like Thanksgiving part two. You yeah. know, it's like the same kind of meal we had in Thanksgiving. Yeah. But man, I just remember, I, and I, I just loved being over there, and just after we'd had a full day of Christmas activity, just being over there with them, and you know, it's when it's after um, after they're after they're gone. That you just look back and go, man, I was, I was really, really loved well, yeah, you know, yeah, and uh, and just it stirs a lot of uh, a lot of gratitude yeah. just in my heart of yeah. being around that living room. That's you know, the house wasn't very big. Um, we were all kind of packed in in that, but uh, but there was a there's a whole lot of whole lot of love. Yeah, so, man, your parents built a pretty big family for coming from Joan coming from a little one. They did I had something else. <laughs> wow, good gravy. They did. Well, thank you for being on here. Yeah, let's tell. You. Let's talk about what sounds fun, and then will you do kind of a blessing for us? Will you pray mm. for us for Christmas and after that? But first, you got to tell us because the show's called That Sounds Fun. Yeah. Tell me what sounds fun. So to you. I tell you what I'm I'm really into these days is a is a fire pit. Oh, like you I'm are. Just, you preached about it. I did. It. I mean, and I, I'm just trying to figure out when's the next night that we don't have anything so I can get everybody uh-huh. around that uh, around that fire pit. Uh, I, and I know sometimes we have these magical moments we want to recapture, but I, but isn't that like what a tradition is? That's right. You know, a tradition is, and I'm like, I don't want to wait till next Christmas. I don't want to wait till this. I want next week. I want tomorrow. I want I want that to be a tradition that some houses are maybe known for their for the swimming pool. Yeah, we don't have a pool. We love have a pool, but yeah. uh, we, have, we, have a, we, have a, we have a fire pit. That's right. <laughs> so, that's right. And I'd be okay with uh, with it being known, you know, being yeah. known for that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, will you pray for us Absolutely. as we head out? Yeah. God, thank you, thank you that you uh, thank you that you're always working, mm-hmm. and God, you're always speaking. Though we we want to be like Samuel, we want to be the kind of people. That say, God, we're always listening. 
So, Lord, would you, uh, would you take this time of year in just the hurriedness and the chaos and the busyness of it all for us to just still ourselves before you and say, God, we'll listen if you'll speak. We'll just, we will listen. We want to hear from you. God, I pray for those who would, who would say, um, I haven't heard from you in a long time. I haven't heard from you in a long time. Lord, through your word, through the Bible, through the scriptures, would you give them a faith to take a pilgrimage and open the pages? Yeah. Maybe it takes faith just to believe again that you speak through your word. God, I pray for those that you're, that you're calling just to get on their face before you, that you're just prompt and just say, I just want you to just surrender, just lay down the pressure and receive the glory. Lord, when they meet you in faith, would you, would you pour out your glory? God, I pray for those that, uh, that you're giving just an absurd prompt to. I mean, something that just does not make sense, but they know in their heart that it's your leading. Uh, God, would you give them the faith to, to make that call or to, or to take that step or to drive to that place? Or would you give them the faith for that? And then, God, I pray for uh, I pray for those who uh, who Christmas is a time where there is uh, where there's just there's loss and there's hurt and they're just really aware of the things that they don't have right now, the things that are missing. Um, God, I thank you that you're a healer, and I thank you that you're a holder. So, would you heal what needs to be healed, and would you hold what needs to be held? Yeah. And Lord, would you give faith? Would you give hope? Would you give that that future oriented faith? Would you give the hope to begin to believe? again. And then, God, I pray that you give a scripture or two they can hold to, and that you would uh, that you would get them to where you're leading them. God, they would know they can trust you. They can trust you. Even when they can't see, they can trust. Your word is true, and you never fail. And so, God, we thank you that you sent Jesus. We thank you that he is the word made flesh. Yeah. We thank you that he is the one that we hold to, and we have seen his glory the glory we receive is Jesus. We have seen his glory, the glory of one and only in grace and truth. So fill our hearts with grace and truth. And every person listening, fill their hearts with grace and truth that the world might see Jesus and give you glory through us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, guys, don't you just love him? He's just the best. Hey, make sure you join us for Awaken wherever you live, even if it's just you and one friend, you and a couple of friends who are praying together in February. Remember, you can go to awakennashville.com to get all the information. And of course, if you are ever passing through Nashville, we would love for you to stop by on a Sunday and worship with us at Crosspoint Church or join us online, crosspoint.tv. Every Sunday, you can watch the services live at 9, 11, 1, and 530 Central Time. Make sure you give Pastor Kevin a follow. Tell him thanks for being on the show and how much his voice matters to you. It matters greatly, greatly, greatly to me, and I am so thankful for him. If you need anything else from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs, F as in friend of the pastor of the pod, because I'm so grateful for Pastor Kevin. Annie F. Downs, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I hope you enjoy these Christmas stories added to the end of this episode from our guests in 2019. And we'll see you back here tomorrow, day 11 of our 12 days of Christmas with one of my favorite bakers, Molly Grayson from Sunday Bakes. We'll see you guys tomorrow. My name is Bianca Oltoff, and I wrote How to Have Your Life Not Suck. One of my favorite Christmas memories is being a young kid, and it was a rough year for my family. My father lost his job. We were on the brink of losing our home, and my dad had worked several jobs to buy a few small Christmas presents for us and to put food in our refrigerator. Unfortunately, our house was broken into. We were robbed. Not only were all the presents taken, but even the frozen turkey was taken. Well, someone from church had found out about us and our family situation and air quotes, Santa Claus showed up on Christmas Eve with boxes of food, a whole Christmas meal presents for every single one of us in the house. And we even got bicycles that year. I will never forget what that Christmas felt like because it felt in that moment like we were seen by God on his birthday. Hi, I'm Mark Batterson, author of Double Blessing. And my favorite Christmas memory is cutting down an actual tree 
Clark Griswold style <laughs> with our family. And, uh, you know, you had to find the perfect tree and then you drag it back to the car. The sap gets all over it. But, oh, man, when you when you set up that tree and hang the lights, there's something that is uh, extra special about it. Hi, I'm Heather Land, the author of I Ain't Doing It. And my favorite Christmas story, I have a couple, uh, real quick. When I first started doing comedy like five minutes ago, um, I went to a church and I did their Christmas party. And I wasn't used to having kids in the crowd. And I was uh, telling a joke about, you know, all these ridiculous uh, Christmas yard ornaments, you know. And I love especially the one where Santa Claus is leaning over the manger. Mm-hmm. And my question is, like, what is Jesus saying? You know, like, hey, Santa, you're not even real. (laughs) So I told a whole church full of kids that Santa wasn't real. And every parent afterwards basically hated my guts. Uh, The other other favorite story is um, I dated a guy once who um, said he was going to put Christmas lights in his yard. And he came back and said... Um, Daddy got Christmas lights, and he got that one light that sits in the ground and flashes no, the measles the up, yeah, yeah the spiderwebs, the, the spiderweb, yeah, up onto the yard. And I fell to my knees and repented for dating him and broke up with him immediately. And also, there's stories about him in the book. Yeah. Oh, good, yeah. Perfect. 